This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. Uh, my name is Sean and I'm joined by well, it's just Sean on this side of the wall, actually, today. Normally, Dan is with us, but he is gallivanting happily in San Diego with his family, and we are very happy for him to be able to have that time. On the other side of the wall, I'm joined by two people who collectively, I think it's 14 children across the two of them. It's very impressive. <laughs> so, some busy bees in the form of uh, Nathan Baird and Connie Johnson. Hi, guys. Hi. Quick Hello. math there, uh, buddy. Yeah, he's, he's good at that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I think having, well, it's, it's great to having Connie in here because just like the, in, just the intelligence level just went up <laughs> oh my like a bunch just I having her in the room. So. There's something it's about so lawyers. Sweet. They just got that edge to them. <laughs> That's <you right>. know? <laughs> Watch what you say. <laughs> things can be used against you. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but hey, all, all truth will be made known sooner or later. Mm-hmm. We'll dive in a little bit. So if you've been with us on, on Sunday mornings here at VBC, we have been the last six months in the book of Luke. It's been an awesome time just walking through the life and ministry of Jesus uh, and just some really cool themes throughout that, one of which has been... Um, this theme of her heart and her heart's response to Jesus's words, his message, a response to the kingdom. And Jesus has made it really clear. That's his first and foremost concern with us is, is what is our heart's response to him? Are we coming at him with humility or with a, a, our own expectations or whatnot? And he's made that pretty clear to his disciples and the Pharisees and the great crowds around him and whatnot. Now, in the last chapter or so, uh, in chapter seven and now eight, there's, there's been a little bit of an emphasis or deepening into that foundation of our heart, which is, uh, so I'll just give it to you straight, Jesus does care about what we do. It's not just about our heart. He, he wants what we do to be a reflection of that heart. And Nathan, he led us through the first portion of chapter 8 of Luke on Sunday, which he naptly, aptly named the, uh, the deceptively familiar passage, <laughs> the parable of the sower. Um, but as we dove into it, you, we began to understand that it's, Really, the parable of the four soils is probably the, the more accurate title. And Jesus says, hey, we're going to sow this seed, and the seed we're talking about is the message of Jesus and the kingdom and all that's entailed with the gospel. And as you do that, it's going to land on different types of soil, and the, the consequenting fruit from that, the development of that seed and how it's going to grow, uh, is dependent on how that soil is and how that soil responds to the seed. And so he gives those four pictures and I'll just outline it and then we'll dive in with Nate and Connie. But he says, the first seed is those who just fall on the path and they're kind of discarded. He says, people who, who do that with the seed, who just reject it or discard it, they're really discarding the gift of life itself, both eternally, but also the, the quality and fruit of eternal life now like we talk about uh, frequently as far as what living in the kingdom looks like. Uh, the, the second group of people, Jesus says, is the seeds that fall on the, the, the rocks, so they're kind of on the surface. They don't really get to develop roots. And maybe for us, that's Christians who today, maybe they only care about Jesus on Sundays or they only care about what Jesus says when there are other Christians or things like that. It's, just, it's a surface level uh, trust. And he says, those people, it's fine and dandy, but then when the hard times come, they're going to be powerless to endure, right? They're going to have no roots to weather the storm well. 
Uh, the third group is the seeds that fall amongst the thorns, right? And and what will happen is as things go on, the, the thorns are going to encroach on the seed and suck the life out of them. And we were just talking before the podcast about these group of people who we, we love Jesus, but we also love everything else, <laughs> maybe more than Jesus, right? And Jesus makes it clear, you can't, you can't try to serve two masters. And if you do, what's going to happen is you're just going to live a fruitless life. That's not how it works. And the fourth group, which is the group we all want to be, <laughs> is the good soil. And Jesus says, when, when the seeds land on the good soil, these are the people who they, they, they hold fast to his message and his words with a good heart. And the consequence is, he says, bearing fruit with patience. And that's what we talk about when we're talking about the, the fruit and the blessings and the benefits of living in the kingdom now as we walk alongside Jesus and are sanctified. That's that bearing fruit with patience. So hopefully that was, you can tell me if I was off base there on my, my recap. Good Nate. summary. Good summary. Yeah. So as we uh, just just hear that and then think about that, um, I'll ask you, Connie, since you're the uh, the lawyer in the room, mm-hmm. what are some of the first things that maybe struck you or you hadn't thought of in that way before as Nathan was teaching through it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Nate Nathan did a really great job of, of just uh, pick, painting that picture for us of, of this great crowd in verse 4 was gathering and people from town after town came to him. So, you know, imagining just throngs of people coming and Jesus starting to tell this parable um, of the soils, uh, all these people heard and they heard the message of truth. They ate um, when there was only five loaves and two fish. I mean, they their bellies were full. They heard all these things, but yet... Very few of them really repented and was following Jesus on a regular basis. You know, they just wanted something from from Jesus. So I think painting that picture of the crowd and the hearing of the word and then sort of the not lasting of that seed or bearing fruit of the seed was a was a, a was a really good vivid picture. Yeah, it's uh, the all the the soils that Jesus describes in the parable are going to be represented there. And I, I was thinking, at Connie's you're sharing just now about, because um, it says, you know, town after town came to him and Jesus has just talked about John the Baptist last chapter, you know, what did you come out to see? So there's a sense that, you know, there's no television back then. <laughs> there's, there's kind of a spectacle going on and they want to, they want to know. And some of them have experienced this healing. You think of the, the woman um, who was, uh, was washing Jesus' feet from a couple weeks ago. Um, and that, that Jason Moog shared about. Um, and so, you know, she, she had heard and, and responded to J- Jesus's message of forgiveness and, and, and this offer of life. And, um, and so there's clearly that kind of response. It's, it's producing something. Um, but then there's also people that are just, just you know, eh, okay, that's interesting. And now back to my, my real life kind of thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's no different than today. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even uh, it, before verse four, where we, you kind of mentioned the women, Mary, uh, who had the seven demons, and Joanna, who was you know high up in Herod's household, and Susanna, who I don't know if we know much about She's her. The only, that's only mentioned yeah. right there, yeah. Huh. Um, and and this they you know they're all, all there are these disciples, not just the twelve, but like you said, uh, maybe. I don't know, 25, yeah, well, 30, I, At one point 50? he sent out 70, so yeah, there's more than yeah. probably, probably hundreds. <laughs> I mean, I love the, that that thinking of it that way, that they're all kind of going from town to town, preaching the word. And for these women that are specifically mentioned, that they, um, you know, they 
It says, some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. And then these three are mentioned, who provided for them out of their means. I just, I love that picture. It was like, they're like making, it's like, I'm thinking of like Arizona. (laughs) You know, the the caravans go out to Arizona and these these women and men who are like preparing the food and like making sure that the resources are distributed. And that's a really beautiful picture of a church family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's that's the the results of a tr- of a transformed life, and it didn't seem like it was a burden to them. And you know, there's nothing. I mean, I, I don't want to pull too much out of the text, but yeah. I think I think Luke's Luke's um, mention of them by name is just to show how they had been so changed. Um, just like Jesus said earlier, those who've been forgiven much love much, mm. and so these these women had been so affected by the life and ministry and person of Jesus that they gave out of what they had to to both. Uh, to expand the kingdom, and that was materially by caring for the physical needs of Jesus, his disciples, the other people who are following. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which again, it just speaks to a certain physical, tangible response to the heart transformation, hmm. right? Which speaks to the soil thing of like, man, we we of course this first and foremost, what he cares about is our hearts. But he does. He cares that that what we do with our lives reflects that that seed that we've received, reflects that gift of life that we've received, like you said, out, out of gratitude. And yes, yeah, I don't know why for for some reason it's so easy to just lose sight of that picture, you know, and even misemphasize or sadly as the church has done over the years many times, overemphasize the doing part and not mm-hmm. the heart part. Yeah. So I think sometimes, especially in the last 10, 20 years in Western Christian church, we've kind of as a response, I don't know, we don't care about doing, just it's all about your heart, it's all about your heart, you know, which is so true, but we do have to keep that, take that in consideration that, man, do our lives and our actions and our relationships and what we do on Sundays and our small groups, is that a reflection of that of that message or not, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think one of the things we were talking about a little bit before the podcast um, as we were brainstorming, I mean, there's so many avenues and tangible ways of this, but you know, we make it about, not not we make it, it it is often talked about this verse uh, in the context of like the sowing part, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the sower, like you said, you, you corrected and people make it all about, you know, you just cast your seed aside and cast your seed out. And then it doesn't matter how people respond. It's not on you, you know, because they're just going to respond. They're going to respond to the different soils, but actually it's more about the soil. But in that, there is that element of like, man, I get that, but how am I sowing the seed? You know, am I sowing the seed? And a lot of times you guys know this, like how we sow the seed when we're talking about the message of Jesus and this gospel, it's not usually just with our words, right? Mm-hmm. It's with our lives. It's yeah. with our relationships, with our with our actions. And man, unfortunately, too often we, we do that kind of in between where, oh yeah, I like this person. I want to share the message with them, but I don't really want to go all in with them, right? I'm just going to share the message. Hey, you should come to church on Sunday and kind of leave it at that. Is that really sowing the seed, right? Is that justifications for me to say, yeah, God's going to do with him what what he will? Mm -hmm. Or is Jesus asking for a deeper level of demonstrating sacrificial love on our part? Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, I I was reading in, uh, this is a perfect segue into 1 John chapter (laughs) 5, um, I was reading First John this morning, and um, he writes this. Um, everyone, but this is verse one. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So there's that responding to the person of Jesus, and 
Everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. That's the love for brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, well, how do you, okay, so how do you love, um, how do you love the, the brothers and sisters in Christ? Verse two, he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. So the way that John views, we, we love, we show that we love God by how we love his children. And anyone who has been born of God loves loves one, the other people who've also been born of God. It's like family. Hmm. But how do we demonstrate that? Is through obeying his commandments. That's how we, that's how we do it. And so uh, there is no difference between loving. You can't just say, well, just love each other. Jesus says, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. He doesn't just mean like a vague, <laughs> you know, he's, what, what's he mean? He, oh, it's the same type of love that sees it's a brother in need or sister in need and gives to care for them. I was at AIM last night, um, Altamont Youth Ministry, and we were talking about brotherly uh, love and uh, this idea that, uh, you know, James says, if you see a brother or sister in need and you just say, hey, you know what, be warm and well-filled, and you don't do anything about it, then mm-hmm. that's, that's ridiculous. And so J- Jesus's commands are not just, you know, top-down authoritarian, I'm the king, so whatever I say you do, it's, it's this is how we live in this family together. I am, mm-hmm. the, I am the king of God's king, kingdom. His kingship ruler is expressed through what I say, which is how we live this way. And so if you don't live that way, you're not really living in this reality of this new life in the kingdom. Like you said in, back in chapter six of Luke, why do, you, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we were talking about that earlier too, that, uh, that idea of if we truly are listening with honest and good ears, then we will be, it will, it will apply into our life. We will be obedient. And that uh, the verse where it says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. And that verse is often separated in our Bible as a separate little parable or something. And so it's a little <laughs> confusing as you're reading it. You're like, oh, well, now he's talking about something else. But really, it's really a continuation of that parable, uh, I think, um, because he, he's saying if you are really listening with honest and good ears and you are going to produce fruit, then you're not going to be, it's not like you take the, the word in and you just sort of, you know, you hide it or you just set it aside. Because I think one of your questions, Nathan, I loved that really helped me understand that verse better is you said, um, are there any of Jesus's words that you set aside? And you don't follow it. And that setting aside is kind of like putting it under the light under a bushel or, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, that's really great. But it doesn't apply to my Monday through Saturday life, you know. Um, And so that then that really is not you're not really you're not really a good soil if you're Mm. doing that. He says in in verse 18, um, after after this discussion of the light, the lamp. Which you know makes us think of about in Matthew, where Jesus says, you know, a city in the hill cannot be hidden. So this idea is that this seed that is, has taken root in your life that produces a fruit. Like there, there's that this this thing that got that's God's word has found a place and now it's bearing fruit. Mm. In the same way, a light once lit produces light. So that there's there's a, that's the parallel, and it would be ridiculous. Just like a healthy a healthy fruit tree produces healthy fruit. That's Jesus talks about that elsewhere. The thing does what it's supposed to do. A light sh- is supposed to shine. It would be silly to cover it up or 
or do something so that people couldn't see it. And then he makes this second statement in 17, nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest or visible, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. So the the reality of what's going on in your heart is is going to come out. And that's why he says, so take care. Mm-hmm. Be very cautious in how you hear. And again, for, the, for in Jesus' uh, time and in the Jewish mind, to hear is to respond. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're hearing and you're not responding, you're you're not doing what hearing is supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was when we were talking earlier about how because we don't want to get into this thing of like oh we got to do then we got to do stuff you know to earn salvation and it's not that at all but the whole idea of uh, sanctification is that there's a participatory element to that right we are not hiding that light we're not setting aside commandments we're doing it but yet the lord is the holy spirit is working through us to do it so there's a, a beautiful marriage of of effort there you know yeah. like just like Sean you were saying earlier about being yoked mm. together with Christ when we are yoked together with Christ and we are um uh, you know being obedient to where he wants to lead us then the, then the burden is light and his way is easy yeah yeah which I love, you know, in Matthew, when Jesus talks about that yoke, the introduction to that kind of picture, he, he says, like, Lord, I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise of the world, right? And yet you've revealed them to like little children. And again, he's speaking to the heart of just those who have a heart of a child before me, that childlike faith. You've given them this understanding. This is what's important. Mm. And then he gives that picture of, hey. Come, join with me mm. and take on my, my yoke upon you. And that yoke picture of like the oxen paired with the yoke. Mm-hmm. I just, I love thinking about that because sometimes life is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes what, like you just said, kind of Nate, what, what Jesus asks of us in terms of our life or decisions or things we do or don't do, they don't always line up with what we think is good or what the world tells us we should do or what's easy, you know, on, on face value. And yet Jesus promises if you do that, mm. his actual work, his actual path, that yeah, the, the yoke is easy. The and burden, there's joy. And there's joy. The burden uh, is mm-hmm. light. Even in the midst of hard work, you can have a light burden, which this is one of those examples. If you don't know Jesus, it's one of, like the parable thing. Like, that doesn't make sense, huh? And yet, to the little children has been revealed. Oh, man, it's, it does make so much sense. And it is so beautiful. That's what we talk about when we're talking about freedom with Christ in his kingdom. Being able to endure hardship. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was just thinking about the um, why Jesus uses this parable picture, and we were talking before about um, you know how first of all this is this is an agrarian culture, so they they get they get this stuff and all everything he's saying they understand the from a from a just observational perspective they would have been uh, track, tracking with this. Um, he calls the word of God the seed. The seed is the word of God, and so. We go back to Luke, all of all of the things that have been saying about the coming of Jesus before he was born by the angels and that kind of thing that, that Luke's been accounting, then what John the Baptist was saying about the coming kingdom, and then Jesus proclaiming the kingdom and teaching about the kingdom of God. This is the this is the word of God. And so so in this in the parable, that is what produces fruit. Hmm. And so and everyone would understand that that fruit a very a hundred a hundred har- hundred times harvest will be a good thing. So, so whatever the fruit is, it's a really good thing. And so, uh, you know, this I think the fruit 
is everything we've mentioned that the the fruit of the spirit. I think that the, the we'll call it the the emotional experiential joy of the heart that's that's uh, in the kingdom. I think it's uh, what we saw with those three women mentioned that it, pr- it produces an overflowing of goodness in the world, right? That 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 is it's it's God's generosity, but with skin on it, just like Jesus was that. We now that's true of us, and it's also the sense of security, like he says in the parable of, uh, or the, the picture of the rock and the sand. You know, if you listen to my words and do them, your, your life will be secure because when the storms of life come, you won't be shaken. You, you know what's true. You know what, what eternal things are. You know what's uh, just going to pass away. Mm-hmm. And so there, the, I, I don't think we have to pin down what the fruit means. The, it, what it can't mean, I think is what Connie mentioned, it can't mean I got to do good things no, because remember, it's it's the out it's the natural growth of a seed is to produce fruit, right? That it does job. And that John fifteen, uh, Jesus says something similar. If you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you or abide in you, you will bear much fruit. So there's again that idea of Jesus' words, his commands, his teaching. They're changing how we see life, and then that ch- changes how we respond in the world which makes us at odds with people. They don't like that. So there's suffering involved. He said that before back in uh, chapter six. But there's also uh, a piece about that that enables us to love our enemies when that happens. Mm. And that enables us to weather uh, the storms of life um, and, and to give generously out of our means for people that are strangers. I mean, that, that was another thing. You know, at this time in history, you of course would take care of your family, maybe your friends, but you had nothing. You're not going to do anything for people that were total strangers. But these people are all strangers around Jesus. Some of them are from the same villages, but they've collected over time. And yet these women aren't saying, "Well, you're my family, or you're my friends," but I'm not going to help you out. Hmm. They're giving out their means. And so there's a there's again this picture of obeying the commands, hearing his words, and and living in light of this new picture of what how of God's reality. It is amazing. Well, I love that because, again, it's not, oh, the good soul are the ones that hear my message and then work really hard mm-hmm. to do certain things mm-hmm. in their life. It's the good soul are those who hold fast with a good heart to what I've said to them, mm-hmm. you know, period. And, and obey it, right? And, yeah. and then yeah. in that, yeah, Jesus' seed is going to grow and these fruits are going to grow in your life, but it's not a you thing, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not your grace that's sufficient. It's just you allowing Jesus to do what he says he's going to do already in your life, which is beautiful. That, that word... That word is, I'm sorry, Connie. No, no. Wait, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I was. I want to bring that up because yeah. just again, we're such uh, we're such like scientific, uh, you know, post scientific enlightenment rationalists now, and we're constantly reading that stuff back into the Bible as if that's what Jesus meant. And so we think of like, oh, seeds and genetics and Mendel and right all that all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But the Jesus has this picture of what good soil does is it holds fast to the seed. That's that's not just a a Jesus spiritualism. That's how people would have would have conceived of ground, like farm ground. I put the seed in, it's going to do its job. The job of the soil is to hold fast to the seed. And this is actually reflected in how people thought about children. That, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this idea of fertility pictures male, the male's seed, right? Finding a, a purchase in the, in the woman's fertile womb and then the life growing from that. So that idea of fertility is based on farming. And so the picture is good soil. What does it do? It holds to the seed so that the seed can grow. They're not, they're not doing 
chemistry soil samples and putting nitrogen <laughs> in. Or they know some of that stuff. They know it needs water, but they're picturing really the seed, uh, you know, and the sun and, and and that kind of thing is what is what's doing it. The, the 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 ground's job is to hold fast to the seed so it doesn't wash away or blow away or right. And so if it's not doing that because there's a rock slab underneath it or because it's holding on to thorns and letting them grow instead of holding on to the seed. That's the picture Jesus says. So when we say holding fast, how do you hold fast? Because you hear it and you treasure it. I think it's another way of saying where your treasure is, there your heart is. What are you clinging fast to? My life is nothing if it's not connected to the life of Jesus. And I'm going to show that connection because I'm joyfully obeying him and following him and what he does, says and does. Mm. I, mean, I love that. I love the the simplified picture or just the practical picture, I guess is a better word, because, you know, we so often make it about ourselves and <laughs> look how, look how holy I am yeah. and look how much I sing and serve or whatever it is. But then if you like zoom out and just think about the picture, it's like, no, we're dirt. <laughs> we're the dirt <laughs> who does nothing but sits there and clings to the word of Christ, mm. right? The dirt can't do anything else. Besides that, it doesn't matter how you try to like shape it in a fancy way or to make it look pretty, especially in that time, like they will have known, no, that, that crop, that field, that's bad soil. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't produce. We, there's period, done deal. It's right? clay. Mm-hmm. It's clay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, Anna too, I like your picture of its job is to hold so fast to the seed. It's almost like being yoked to Jesus. That's all, that's yeah. all we can do to do well. Right. And in this parable, I, I'm glad Nathan that you said, you know, uh, the sower at the time that Jesus was telling this parable is is Christ Himself, mm. and the seed is the Word, as He says, and then He talks about the, you know what the soils mean. But um, the one thing that doesn't change is the seed. Right. The seed is <laughs> the Word of Christ, right? <laughs> but I want to kind of go back to what Sean was saying earlier about wh- how sometimes. Okay, so Jesus is obviously the sower in this parable um, for the hearers at that time when Jesus was walking on this earth. But now we are the soil sometimes, Mm -hmm. but we are also the sower sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, that's what, Sean, you were were kind of uh, touching on. How do we scatter? Are we sort of haphazard? Are we sort of like half-hearted? Are we, uh, we're just not putting thought into even sowing seeds. And, And so that is something that is a responsibility that we have to sow seeds. But then the seed whether that soil is going to grab onto the seed and grow and produce fruit, that is not our responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. We do have a responsibility to sow well, but uh, I was looking at Mark 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 26, and Jesus talks about the parable of the seed growing, um, mm. and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. Um, so, and then he talks about the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. So that mm-hmm. idea of this sower has done his job, um, with, you know, integrity and then he can yeah. sleep and sleep and yeah. get up and do his normal thing. But then the seed grows by yeah. itself. Yeah. So uh, I I think there is a there is an argument to be made again we don't want to read too much into it but that as a sower we want to do our jobs with integrity and honesty and diligence. Yeah. Well, and I, I do think we're um, so you know Luke is recording the life of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, but Luke also has a, a purpose in writing. He's ex- been explicit about it. We can have certainty about what we've been taught, and the Holy Spirit has a purpose in inspiring Luke, and and I, that 
by recording this particular episode this way. And he has an audience in mind too, the Gentile church. By the time Luke had come on the scene, uh, the what even though this uh, picture is to a bunch of Jewish followers of Jesus, Luke is writing to a largely Gentile audience. And so by this time, Jesus is now on the throne. So who's sowing the seed? It's, you know, Paul and the apostles and, and others mm-hmm. and Priscilla and Aquila are sharing. And, and so... Um, so then the question is, okay, what, what is this being, what is the idea that are being communicated to disciples of Jesus who are Gentiles who heard this? One, they would be, imp- they would have that joyful realization that they've been included in. They, they, they too responded to the word and have, and, and now they're being challenged, just like Jesus challenged the initial audience to hold fast to the word they've received. Mm-hmm. And this is something you see Paul all over and over again. Hey, don't, don't turn away. Galatians, what are you doing? Are you clinging to some other gospel? You know, mm-hmm. hold fast mm-hmm. to the gospel you've received. Jude says the gospel delivered once and for all. Mm-hmm. So this is a hold fast to that. Don't waver. So that's one thing. And, but it's also a, a, an encouragement to disciples who share, hey, don't, we're not, we're not soil inspectors. You don't, you don't say, I'm not going to tell the gospel to you. We broadcast just like they do. We, we spread it widely. Everyone can hear. doesn't matter how many or how few tattoos you have, how much or how little hair you have, right? We're, 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 we're sharing the gospel. The fruit, that's, that's, that, that's going to come up when it finds a good purchase. That's not our deal. That's the, the work of the spirit in, in the hearts of people. But um, so there's that, hey, don't get discouraged if you don't see fruit. You just keep on doing it. It's not, it's not that the seed's defective. You know, oh, maybe I'm, you know. Um, <laughs> but and then also, I th- we, we talked about earlier too, just make sure you're, you're sowing the seed. That's the word mm-hmm. of God. Don't be making up unadulterated seed, right? right? Yeah, unadulterated or, or watered down. You know, again, I just think for so many of us, we think about that and it often plays out in, in the form of like, Oh, hey, come to church on Sunday if you want. We leave it at that, you know, or we talk about the Christian life. We're like, oh man, I love gathering with Christians. It's the, it's the most supporting time. I feel so encouraged every Sunday we, we leave, you know, or we give some brief kind of thing of like, yeah, I put my faith in Jesus when I was six and then you move on. And it's just like, does that really tell the picture of the transformation and the gift you've been given in Jesus? Maybe not, you know, and again, words are only... I would say far less than half the story because ultimately Jesus makes it clear the way we're going to, to communicate the gift we've been given is by living out his mm-hmm. way of life and his love towards others. And mm-hmm. why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Who's, or who's, think, Lord, who's, who's your Lord? Oh, Jesus. I, how, I really? <laughs> yeah. Or think about people who, who say, who are going to go say to him eventually, Jesus, we, we, yeah. we did mighty works in your name. We did all this stuff. And you say, you never knew me. Depart mm-hmm. from me. You know? Yeah. And those are the ones who, it says, you know, those who think, that he has, even what he thinks he has, yeah. will be taken, taken away. away. Yeah. yeah, which is what happened to the Pharisees, and and we mentioned earlier. Uh, well, maybe we talked about earlier that uh, that the Jesus quotes from Luke or from excuse me from uh, Isaiah six mm-hmm. when he says, you know, you'll be ever hearing but never perceiving. Uh, uh, perceiving. Mm-hmm. And in that context of that, you know, um, God has been warning Israel for decades and decades about impending judgment. And then finally he says, okay, well, I'm going to send one more. Isaiah, Isaiah says, he volunteers. And so he says, go out. And then he, he gives that quote. They're going to, you're going to keep talking. And, um, but there, there's, there's, uh, the Babylonian captivity is right around the corner and it happens mm. in Isaiah's lifetime. And, uh, so those who had, who had refused to hear 
Isaiah's warnings were now just adding, you know, adding cotton batting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we've heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But those who had who had heard and warned were were, you know, would would have been keyed in. So there's this sense that uh, in the life of the those who had heard Jesus, uh, there was actually destruction that came to them too in AD 70 when yeah. when a repeat of what happened from the Babylonians. It kind of reminds me of Pharaoh, you know, he hardening hardening his heart, yeah. and then God saying, "I'm I'm going to harden your heart." heart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's. I'd love to go through this little. I love this little um, a table that you have. That was actually Nathan. Sean's innovation. I'd oh, like to point out. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> Sean, I, I love your little table. I actually invented tables. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Okay, um, but I love how how you could just say, okay, where am I on this little table? Am I responding by discarding or just you know letting it just the devil just take it away or superficially or with divided heart, a divided devotion, or am I holding fast with a good heart? I mean, I love that analogy of the soil. All its job is to do is to hold on to that word, that seed. And then these are the results. You know, we're going to either reject that gift of life. We're going to be powerless to endure any hardship uh, or the fruit grows a little bit, but then it just like drops off or it's dry. It's, it's useless fruit. You know, or we actually produce good fruit and live abundantly. So yeah. I, I like kind of tying those last two together: fruitless versus abundant. You know, I lo- I love we, Rita and I uh, love having people over for dinner, and it's a uh, it's not a burden to serve them. It's a joy. It's a delight and a joy. And yet, at the same time, we're obeying Jesus's command to be hospitable to That's people. Right. And so, it, it's not as if uh, Jesus even said it's, uh, uh, that that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Mm. Um, you know, the, uh, I can't remember if it's Paul or John that that Jesus commands are not a burden; they're not burdensome. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so this idea that to follow Jesus' commands is somehow like an austere thing is opposite of true. This is how you experience abundant life. Mm. And so by holding fast to the to the the, the teaching, and the teaching is not just the do's, it's also the here who here am I? Here's what's gonna happen. Here's who here's who you are. Like those are all of the of the word of God. Um, if you just think about in the Old Testament, all the different types of things. It wasn't just the commands to do and not to do. It was also the commands to rest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And, and, and command, we talked about this earlier, but with command to delight in him. Yeah. And if we're, you know, like some people want to say, oh, if I just delight, if I have my devotions in the morning, then God is going to make my day really easy or he's going to give me this thing that I want because it says he'll give me the desires of my heart. But as you delight in him, like Nathan, like your example of having people over, it's not burdensome. It's abundant. It's abundant, it's, yeah. it's it's a beautiful, it's joyful, it's yep. joyous. And so when we are delighting in him and his commands, God produces, I mean, he fulfills the desires that that all kind of come together, like the yoking. We're, we're happy to go with God because yeah. it's, it actually produces happiness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's like water skiing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're, you're following the boat. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. But, <laughs> If you're not, right, right. then you're not water skiing. Yeah, yeah, you're just sitting in the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and and I, I it's it's, I, I know, um, we were talking about how some people have tried to follow Jesus, and they they see commands as a burden, or I don't have to do these. I can get the benefits of I can get the joyful life without living in this way that Jesus calls me calls me to, and um and I get that. I get that because um, sometimes uh, churches or believers have have p- 
pitched a bad, wrong picture of what that is. They've, they've laid additional weights on people, do these things, don't do these things. And, um, and the whole point is that, you know, Jesus critiqued the Pharisees of his own day for adding things, you know, that weren't, weren't there. Um, like, you know, the Lord of the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man. But, um, but I think, again, the, the picture of this parable is the, the hold on to the words of God and it will produce fruit. Mm. Right in your life, and he, Jesus doesn't mention the Holy Spirit here, but this is a, a new covenant thing. This is the work, the the the, the new Spirit in, in us that God puts there is writing the law on our hearts. He's not giving us additional burdens on our backs. He's writing it on the inside, so there's an overflow. So if you're listening and you're thinking like, "Oh, I just need to have more people over," or "I need to do <laughs> the, more things for the church," that, that's not that's not this picture. With the what the question is, if you're not experiencing the joy and the overflowing of life, the answer is don't. The answer isn't do more work. Mm-hmm. The answer is look at look at the Word of God. Look at Jesus. Look at look at what He's done for you. Do you do you know? Have you understood the depth of God's mm-hmm. kindness, His mercy, His grace, His mm-hmm. love for you? Um, that that should then cause you. That's the woman who was forgiven much. Yeah. She she it, her outpouring of love and generosity, what that and gratitude was not forced. Jesus didn't ask her to show up at the party. Mm-hmm. She came. She braved the, the the embarrassment and the insults of the the glances, the judgment. She didn't care. Because of 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 the life that had grown in her and was welling out in a in a show of love, mm-hmm. amen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so good, Nate. And I think about maybe we'll wrap up here soon. Um, I, I think about those of you who are listening or just people in our lives. I'm sure we all have these conversations with who they're struggling, you know, and they're saying those kinds of things. Like I feel like I'm doing all the things, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to read my. The Bible every day. I'm trying to stay in community, but I'm still just struggling. I'm not feeling that joy and all kind of stuff. Um, and again, like you said, like the, the emphasis of, or you said, Connie, doing more stuff is not going to be the answer, <laughs> you know? And yeah, we, we try to give practical help. Like, yeah, it will help you to pray more or it will help you to read the word more, all these things. But at, at its base, its core, man, do, do you know this person, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And can you respond to what you know about him? Because we don't want you to blindly follow Jesus. We don't want you to just do the things because we tell you to, but no, do have you read, read, read through Luke with us, you know, study what the heart and character and faithfulness of Jesus has looked like mm-hmm. historically, mm-hmm. what he's done for you on the mm-hmm. cross, and then make your response to that. And if you honestly have done that and you, you, you've made your response and you've put that trust in, then yeah, the, the answer is right now, yes, the time for you right now is to be that good soil. You cling tightly, you be good soil, don't let go. And yeah, maybe it, it's more of the patiently part than you want it to be, <laughs> but you will bear good fruit in your yeah. life, right? Amen? Mm, amen. 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 That's good. That's yeah. Good that's really good. Okay. I guess we'll just stop there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, good uh, Well, I, I mean, just to, as a little spoiler, I'll be teaching here on Sunday at, at the crossing and it's such a fun passage coming off the heels of this, of Jesus and the ways with his disciples and calming the storm. And it might feel like a big departure from this idea, but I'll tell you what, it's not. It's mm. actually an example of it. So we'll dive in together. Ooh. Are you going to have any tables on your notes, Sean? I have this, t- I have your table on my notes, actually. <laughs> this is a little teaser. Wow. So we'll see you all there. It'll be great. All right. All right. Bye, all. Uh, Bye. Thanks for joining yeah. you guys. Thanks for joining listeners. And uh, we'll see you Sunday and again next week. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening. 
be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.